Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to All-Star Panel number six. So once I first got the idea of doing these, I, I really didn't think, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. But these have been so amazing. These have been so impactful. You know, the messages that I get from people saying that they get so much out of these panels. And then the panelists themselves end up connecting with each other and going on to do collaboration. So like these things are, are much bigger than just a bunch of people coming up, coming up here talking. So today we're going to be talking about self-love and how to take care of yourself without feeling selfish. So no intros today. We're just going to dive right in to make sure everyone has adequate time to speak and share their experiences. So we're going to welcome in the queen of Reframe. We have Carol Boston. We have another queen, the queen of non-pushy sales. This is Erica Vassal. We have a business coach joining us from the UK. It's Andy Gallo. We have the creator of the six-week BU Lifestyle Reboot, Cootie Mac. And we have an inspirational speaker and coach, Scott Prendergast. Welcome, everyone. So first, I want to thank you guys for taking the time on this Saturday to come here and help me have this conversation. So if you guys, if you're not already, go ahead and mute yourselves, except for Carol. Carol's gonna be the first one to, to get us going. So when it, when it comes to self-love, and I hear this a lot, especially from women, that they feel selfish when they prioritize themselves. So was there ever a time in your experience where you dealt with that? This is for Carol. Absolutely. Six or seven years ago, I was in a very toxic relationship. I chose to stay as long as I did because I had been in a bad car wreck. And in my mind, remember, our mind can convince us of anything, right? In my mind, she was the only one that had seen me go through five and six days in a row where I could barely crawl to the edge of the bed to pee in a bucket. And the kid who hit me was uninsured. I was having to sue Allstate, my own insurance company. I had like $40,000 out of pocket, plus attorney's fees, plus doctor's fees. And so I chose to stay, continuing to call my attorney to say, please take her deposition. And one of the things that was going on in that relationship, when you talk about self-love, is I was on a constant basis telling her, stop disrespecting me. And it was constant. And I had a good, good friend of mine challenge me in the gym. He's like, where's your confidence gone? What's keeping you from speaking up? And then one day it dawned on me that as long as there was no consequences to her behavior, as long as I just kept saying, stop disrespecting me, it was me who was disrespecting me. And that was a painful experience, but it changed everything. And I know we're going to go into the change part in the, in a different piece, but I would just say that self-awareness is really key when it comes to self-love. And then once I became aware, um, I put things in place to change all of that. But I had really stopped loving me and doing what it took to have healthy boundaries for me. All right. All right. So we're going to go with Erica next. Same same question. Is there a time in your life where you struggled with prioritizing yourself out of fear of feeling selfish? So I think I realized looking back, it was about nine years ago where I was a mom of two. I had my third head injury and I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do, which was care for everybody else. And I was in a place of not understanding what was going on inside of me. Like, why was I so angry? I was just angry that I had to do all these things. And I do think a lot of women suffer from this, but we don't even realize what is happening. And so I watched this TV show. I'm not sure if anyone ever saw it, but it's called Little People, Big World. And the mom said, she was sitting like on her steps or something. And she said, my kids are gone. I've done nothing for myself. And I think I realized then, and it was just, but it was a long time. Many, many years went by until I decided to change, but I did suffer for a very long time of just caring for everyone else and letting myself go. Wow. Boy, oh boy. So this is a solid start here. All right, so we're gonna bring in Scott next. So, so give us give us the give us the men's perspective. You know, have, what's your take on dealing with self love? 
Absolutely, Robert. I mean, self-love is something we hear it all the time in today's day and age. And it's something that I think goes over a lot of people's heads. And we just think, oh, you know, I hear that on the TV, but how do I actually implement that into my life? So I know for me with what I do, everything is based off of the initial idea that I've got to learn how to be confident in myself. And I've got to learn to find little bits and pieces of things about myself that I like. Now, for many years of my life, I'm talking most of high school and the majority of college while I was in it, I couldn't stand who I was. I looked in the mirror and I hated everything about myself. I couldn't find a single thing where I said, hey, you know what, Scott? I like this about you. I couldn't find anything about myself at all. And I came to a point where I said, okay, I know I have two choices here. I think I can either continue to just go down this road and say, hey, well, this is me. I hate myself. I'm just going to live this way. Or I said, I'm going to make a change and I'm going to find out a little bit about who I am and what I want to do. And we'll get into that in the next part. But I think for me, it was really understanding that being in this low place was not a place I wanted to live. And I knew that if I wanted to be what I wanted to do, and if I wanted to find something about myself where I could be happy, it was going to take some work. And I got to that point in college where I said, this isn't healthy. It's toxic for myself. It's toxic for other people. And I need to find a way to get out of this. And I'm looking forward to getting into that in the next part. Awesome. Well done. All right, Andy, you're up. Hello. Um, so I suppose for me, it's something that's been in the background and gone through all my life. Um, I'm an introvert and, and I've always been a happy introvert. I, I, you know, I've had a small circle of friends. Um, I don't need lots of people around me. I'm not that sort of person. I don't like being center of attention. But there's always been that push of other people to get me out and to do more things and to be someone different than, than I was. So all the way through school, all the way through my early days in work and stuff, people were trying to make me somebody else. Oh, you need to speak to more people. Oh, you need to go out and do more things. Um, and I suppose for me, that's always been, you know, finding that balance that I've, I'm happy be being the quiet one at the back sometimes and I'm happy to spend time on my own but to be pushed by other people all the time into into being something else puts a lot of pressure on you uh, and I think that you know that makes you you challenge your decisions and makes you think am, am I do, am I the one who's in the wrong in the way I'm trying to live my life and do I need to change and push myself in a different direction so so I suppose that's that's always been something that's been there and I think it took until you know, I set up my own business for me to really challenge that. Wow. You guys, you guys are crushing this. All right, Cootie Mac, you're up. All right. So it's interesting because I can relate to every bit of what everybody's already said. I yes. Mean, it, it's, I can relate to every section of it, even though it seems like it's coming from divergent angles and divergent genders. But what I will say is from my piece in it, the mental gymnastics of self-love, the mental gymnastics of worrying about these things. I'm always about boiling things down to the lowest common denominator. And we can go in an existential discussion as to whether we are spiritual beings or biological beings or whatever the case may be. But I do believe that even how we feel is governed specifically by our biology. So in other words, if we're healthy, we feel better. Right. Um, if we feel anything, that's a function of neurons and nerves and our nervous system and hormones. You know, everybody on this panel can, can attest, especially women, to how just a hormonal shift can change how you feel and see everything on the planet and how you deal with people. So for me, when you when you are healthy, when you are healthy on a on a fundamental level, that affects a lot of how. I feel about myself, how I value myself, and even how clients that I've talked to, talked to and dealt with and consulted feel about themselves. And sometimes before you even start looking or palpably being able to uh, uh, project any kind of difference, because you feel different, you perceive everything differently. So in terms of self-worth and self-value, uh, the biggest investment that I've ever made is just getting healthier, to be honest, uh, you know, and, and the more sincere I get about that, the more uh, I realize that, okay, when I'm right within, everything around me changes immediately before I even take a step forward. That's where my mind goes when I think about my challenges when it comes to self-worth, when, when it comes to valuing myself and, and being selfish about it. And that's when it stops to stops feeling so selfish because I don't feel like I'm 
taken away from anything or anyone else when I'm adding to myself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Perfect. And for for me, I mean, God, there's so many different examples that I can give, but I'll go with this one. And so for people who, who watch the show on the regular, I've shared this on multiple episodes, but it definitely plays into what we're talking about here. So when my oldest son, when he was little, it's like 13 or 14 months, I want to say, his mom took off on us, just left. Like I was working in, in the restaurant when I got the phone call that she was gone. And so now it's myself and my young child. And now at the time I was your typical dad. I was working 10 to 14 hours a day. She was home with, with, with him. I didn't know when he ate. I don't know what he ate. I don't know if he took medicines. I don't know what his nap times were. I don't know any of that stuff. And so I just stopped all the things that I was doing. I was an athlete. I was very active and I just stopped it all. Cause I was like, this is what you do when you have a kid, right? You just stop everything and you focus on the child. And so several months had gone by and I'm, I'm in the restaurant. Now, mind you, I was an All-American athlete. So I was in some tip-top sheep. And so one of the waiters in the restaurant comes over, slaps me in the belly, is like, Foster, what happened to you? And like, it just made me think for a second. I was like, wow. And then it didn't really hit me till later that night when I got out of, when I got out of the shower and I caught my reflection in the mirror. And it, it was just like, this is not you. It's like, this is not you. It's like, if you love yourself, you wouldn't be hurting yourself. It's like, I was drinking a lot. I was eating poor, poorly. I wasn't exercising anymore. And I was miserable. I was completely miserable. And kind of, as I believe Scott said it, why am I doing this to myself? It's like, how, how much longer am I, am I going to allow this to happen? And who am I inspiring by living like this? Hmm. And at that moment, I just turned on, on a dime, went through my apartment. And I'll, had I known better, I would have donated the stuff. But I threw out everything in my cabinets, everything in my fridge that wasn't healthy. I went and joined the local gym that had free babysitting. I went out and bought a jogging stroller so I could take my son with me on my runs. And in less than five months, I dropped 45 pounds. And I said, I made a decision that day. This will never happen again. You know, we'll, we'll get more into that, into the second se section. But I made a decision. I didn't make a resolution. I didn't make a goal. It wasn't an idea. I decided that day this will not continue. And so as we go into the second phase, so now I want, I want you guys to talk about how you got through what you shared in that first round. So with Carol, you were saying you were in a bad accident, you were in a toxic relationship and your self-confidence was lacking. How did you dig yourself out of that hole and what's some of your, your best practices for, for people to prioritize themselves without feeling selfish? Well, I think for me, the revelation was we teach people how to treat us. And once I took ownership of that, like you just said, you made, a, you made a decision, right? And when I took ownership and made the decision that I was treating her how to treat me, and I started changing that, don't get me wrong, all hell broke loose, right? <laughs> but, but it's about, for me, it wasn't about being selfish. I think for me, it goes back and I heard Andy say about not wanting to be the center of attention. That used to be me. I had a fantastic, very successful sales career, but I never wanted to walk across that stage. I wanted to sit in the background, right? Just give me what the money that I earned. Don't put me out in front of everybody. And I had to learn that that was really more about self-worth and about worthiness than about selfishness. Did I deserve to treat myself that way? And then when I started questioning, well, what's compelling me to treat other people better than I treat myself? Yes. And I, as I began to explore these things, and for me, confidence is not a feeling. And I work with my clients on this. Confidence is a decision to act, which is exactly what you said you did with your weight. We make a decision. And for me also, there's a big difference between being committed and being convicted, right? Because people decommit every day, don't we? We say, oh, I'm in this marriage for life until the day I'm not. But I learned that when you're convicted, you will not rest until you get it done and that your comfort and your convenience and your conviction don't live on the same block. They're not even in the same zip code. And when I was willing to get uncomfortable 
and start making decisions that were better for me, that began to change everything. That's awesome. Yeah. And so for the people watching, if you have any questions for any of the panelists, please put them down into the comment section and I'll, I'll get to them as we go. All right, Erica, you're up. Take us take us through through you, how you got through your, your stuff. So as I said, I was recovering from a traumatic brain injury, actually my third brain injury. And I had thoughts before the car accident of things that I wanted to do in my life. As I said, I saw that TV show and I thought, okay, I'll step it up in my business. I'll do this. I'll do that. But I was too busy, you know, being a mom and a wife and everything. And I just didn't do it. So here I go. I have this car accident. I pull in to speech therapy. And have you ever had one of those cries where it's like a faucet turned on and you just can't turn it off. So here I am in this parking spot and it just tears like it's too late. It's too late. I waited. I'm going to start tearing up and I'm not even really an emotional person. I'm happy, but not a crier. And I just thought, why did I wait? I don't, I can't do it now. I waited too long. What, what's going to happen with my life? And then it was like, something hit me like, okay, no, you're going to go into speech therapy. You're going to get better and you're going to achieve your goals. And I went in there and I was like, I got to figure this out. And she's like, do you have to do everything? I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, do you have to do everything in your house? Isn't there anyone else who can do things? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess so. And so in that moment, I was like, I can't believe I've been doing everything. And it's it's no fault to my husband because we do. We kind of train people. Right. And this was how our relationship was. He was in the military. He was deployed. I just took it all on. And when he wasn't deployed, I never said, let's have you do some of this. Right. So I decided I was going to go on this business trip because I was going to step up my business. And he did not have a car seat for our little one. So I went to the store. I bought it. I left it for him. He's like, I don't want Cheerios in my car. I don't want that. I said, listen, you need to be prepared because I'm not going to leave my trip if anything happens. Guys, while I was gone, she got the throw up virus. Thank goodness he had that car seat. And you know what? He handled it. And that was a big moment. He could see as a daddy, he could step up and he could handle it. So it was the best thing that ever happened. Love it. (laughs) That's great. All right, Scott. Yeah, so one of the things that I learned is very simple as this. Every disappointment gives birth to a new opportunity. And I got to the point in my life where I said, man, I'm tired of being disappointed. And like you said, Robert, I want to make a change. You know, I'm tired of sitting around. I'm tired of telling everybody, oh, I'm this. I'm suffering with depression. Feel bad for me. I got to a point and said, okay, you know what? That is one brick in the house that makes up my life, right? The, but that is not all of me. You know, just because this depression is part of me, that doesn't mean it defines me. And I think when I realized that and I started to turn my lens around and say, okay, you know what? Yes, difficult things happen. Yes, things that are not ideal happen, but I don't have to live by that. But I'm going to make a decision to accept it, to acknowledge it, to feel it, but I'm going to work through it. And I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to introduce myself by saying, hey, guess what I've been through? I'm going to say, hey, this is who I am right now. Sure, I've been through that, but it made me who I am in this moment. Rather than staying there stuck in this just mud of what could have been, what should have been, what hasn't been, why hasn't this been? And I think that's something that I work on every day with the people that I work with or the schools and clients that I speak to is, hey, how do we get unstuck? You know, we all come about different moments in our lives, different situations where we just get stuck, whether it's a bad relationship, whether it's a divorce, whether it's not getting into a college. You want, I mean, it can be anything. It's different for everybody. And it's not for us to compare or to say whose is worse, because it's not the event that happens to you, but rather it's your perception of that event. And so I could have the smallest thing happen. I could get a flat tire, right? To me, that could be like the end of the world if that car is a Bentley. However, for someone else, they might get evicted from their home. And for them, that feels like the end of the world. So although we may perceive that one person's situation is worse than the other, we don't really have that power to do so. But the power of what we do have to do is to say, hey, Regardless of my situation, I'm making this decision. I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to find something good about this. You know, one of the things I always said, Robert, I think I might have said it last time I was on your show, is that as we know, life's all about peaks and valleys, right? Good times, the peaks, valleys, the not so good times, right? We all know that. But what I found is that when you're in those valleys, you cannot spend the whole time saying, why aren't I at a peak? When am I going to get to a peak? Why aren't the peaks in my life? No, there's little hidden gems within those valleys right now. But we got to dig in that dirt. We got to get in there. We got to get a little dirty. We got to get a little ugly. And we got to find those hidden gems that are going to give us the strength, 
to move forward to get to those peaks in our lives, right? Because here's the thing, on a mountaintop, not a lot grows. You ever been on a mountaintop? It's pretty barren. You know where things do grow? In valleys, because there's a lot of water, there's a lot of lush environment, and there's a lot of runoff where you can have that fertile soil. And so that, all of that together is really what I worked on to get me out of that depressive space and to get me in a place where I, I said I was going to make a change in my life and ultimately help others make a change in their life too. That was awesome. Well done. Well done. Andy, you're up. Okay. Well, I'm somebody who's had a fairly normal, no dramas life so far. Touch wood. Um, you know, <laughs> I've had no big life changing experiences. I've had nothing that's worked like that. But I think, you know, for me, when I'm working with other people, then that that's really important as well, because it's just about being one of the ordinary people out there sometimes. And one of the things that we know in life is probably about 80 percent in people go through life without finding what I call their music inside, without finding that thing that re they really love and want to do. And we convince ourselves that our lives are OK because we've got a job, we have a couple of holidays a year, you know, we've got a nice place to live, whatever, whatever. But we're not doing that thing we really, really want to do. And, and that was me for a long time. Um, and it, it wasn't until um, I worked in the voluntary sector for a long time and we were going through a change in the United Kingdom in the way they were run and funded. Um, and the sorts of positions that I were in were disappearing. Um, and I happened to be made redundant three times in less than six months <laughs> from three different jobs. And I sort of sat down and thought, this isn't for me anymore. I don't want to be going through this. And it was the sit back and think, right, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do the things that I want. And one of the things I really wanted was more time for me to do the things that I wanted to do. So when I set up the business, for me, it was about I only want to work four days a week. I only want to work Monday to Thursday because I want Friday off to do the things that I want to do. I'd always been in positions where I've helped people. So falling into coaching and training was literally what I did. It was once I started going out into the business world, people wanted help. People wanted support. And people often come to me because I'm a good listener and I take it all in. And, I, you know, and they like that side of, of, of having someone like that there. And so, so for me, it's been about helping to people to find their music inside. It's about helping people to find what it is they really, really want to do. And don't be afraid of that. Whatever it is, go out and do it. You know, we, we, we're all going to work for a long, long time in our lives. You know, you, you're working for 40, 50, 60 years. For heaven's sake, let's enjoy what we do and let's yes. have a good time doing it. And so, you know, for me, that was what I wanted to do. And I made the decision that that's what I would do. And I've set my business and I've set my life around that um, and, and the way I work. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm very keen about going out and teaching people how you can do that. Uh, because everybody's got something different they want to do. Yeah. Everybody wants to do it in a different way. And, and you know, we, we can all sit, sit here as experts and tell people how we did it and what we think people should do. And there's a hundred thousand business books out there that will tell you the secret to being a millionaire and running a life or whatever it is. But it's not all going to suit you. You've got to find what it is that works for you. Um, I've got no interest in being a millionaire and, and being up there and high ticket people and working with all those people. That's not me. I like working with people who are in the community, who are making a difference, who aren't making a lot of money, but love what they do and enjoy what they do and can make a difference where they are. So I stick at doing what I like. And that's what I want other people to do. I want people to find that music inside, to, to own up to what it is they really, really want to do and what makes makes them happy. And let's find a way to go out and do it. I love that. That's great. That's great. All right. Cody. So when it comes down to self-care and doing it in a manner where you don't feel selfish about it and how I've applied that, what I what always comes to mind is how many options there are, even as we're sitting here now, there's five panelists plus a host, each with perspective on how to do this and what we've done. And as Andy has said, you know, there's some people who are just like, man, I'm cool just being right here doing this. And there's people like, you know, Scott was like, man, I'm all the way up here doing that. What I realized was an application for myself was looking at all the variables and the variables shift 
depending on the day, but focusing on the variables that matter. There's a zillion variables out there. There's a zillion options. Like when, it's, when it comes to getting fit, I always tell people, there are a million ways you can lose weight. <laughs> you know, you could starve, you could fast, you could, you know, limit sugar, you could, for God, God forbid, uh, catch a crystal meth habit. You can lose weight a million different ways. But if you do the crystal meth method, what happens is you lose teeth, you lose friends, you lose money, you lose life. So there are a million ways to lose weight. Some ways are a little sexier than others, right? But find the variables that matter to you and then break it down even to the lowest common denominator again and say, okay, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that if I do this today, actually, let's make it even simpler. Before you go to bed, what's, and this is what I do and have done. So I'm saying do in, in present tense because each day kind of does present its challenges. And there's some challenges I'm going through right now that, you know, once I get out of them, sure, I'll show the testimony. But right now I'm still in it, right? So what happens is I say tonight before I go to sleep, I go, man, what's the one thing I can do tomorrow that if I have it absolutely finished tomorrow, completed from soup to nuts tomorrow, it'll make tomorrow better than today was. And then I think about what's the one thing I did today that made today better than yesterday. Pat myself on the back for it and then think about it. Celebrate the win. Go to sleep in peace. Wake up in the morning purpose to get that one thing done. And just keep that one thing top of mind no matter what you're doing. So in those idle moments where you don't know what you need to do next, look and go, oh, I still haven't finished. Fill in the blank. Whatever that one thing that gnaws at you, because we all know, we all have like a to-do list that's as long as, you know, toilet roll. And, and yet there's that. And we'll do a bunch of things. We'll do like nine things and, be, and feel super productive until we wake up the next day and go, Dag, I did not do fill in the blank, right? So whatever that fill in the blank thing is that will have you kicking yourself in the rear end until you get it done, get that one thing done. Now think about it like this. You know, my slogan is BYBD. My mantra is BYBD, be your best daily. If you get that one thing done successfully every day, so in other words, get that one thing done, pat yourself on the back, think about what's the one thing I can get done tomorrow to make tomorrow better than today and do that every day as a habit, You'll get at least five crucial things done in a week. Five. Think about your list. Think about how many things on your list are there to just sit there undone. To get three of those things done, to be honest, is like a heck of a winning week. You get five done. It's a. It's it's like you're you're already you're almost doubling that. So again, just that one thing will actually make your day the best day you've had in a while. You do that seven days in a row, like I've told you on your show, right? You do that seven days in a row, you've had your best week in a while. You do that four weeks in a row, you've had your best month in a while. You do that 12 months in a row, you've had your best year in a while. You do that 10 years in a row, you've had your best decade in a while. But let's say you don't pull it off. Let's say you trip up, you know, week two. Start over again. Focus on the variable that matters. That one thing. Just get that one thing done. When you get it done, it's such a sense of accomplishment. I'll say this. I'll throw this in for free. If you can get that one thing done before 11 a.m. your time, it opens up the rest of the day in a way that I can't even explain in a few seconds. You will be like, man, I already got that done. I've got the whole rest of the day to either celebrate it or get something else done. And I'm telling you, that that level of just being that self-productive, again, it, it, it builds you from the inside out. And then, and then it manifests in all kinds of accolades that start to reflect back on you because somebody somewhere would be like, man, look at what, look at what Scott just did today. Man, look what, look what Carol accomplished last month. Man, look what Erica accomplished this year. Look what Andy's done for the past decade. Look at you, right? And so if we can do these things, these are the things that actually I, that I've used. These are, these are the, the, the modifications that I've used to actually help with my own self-care and then it always translates into helping other people. Well done. Good stuff. All right. So I want to talk about the word selfish. All right. So the word selfish and it's in the dictionary form, it's using other people for personal gain or taking advantage of opportunities for personal gain. But if you think about self-awareness, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-love, self-production, it all starts with self, right? So you have to take care of yourself. And it starts with the self-awareness, like realizing, 
I think almost everyone said it at some point. This is not working for me anymore. Or I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be in this place. I don't want to live like this. I can't stand this relationship anymore. Like So it's, it's being aware of what it is you're facing. And then from there, you, you can build your self-confidence because now you're going you're gonna to take action to remove yourself from whatever is not serving you. And that's going to build your confidence. And then as your confidence builds, your self-esteem approves improves and as your self-esteem improves your self-love improves and then once you love yourself you'll be more productive doing the things that keep you loving yourself and so for me i remember driving down to the restaurant you know i had five young kids missing a lot of things you know missing week weekend events with family because i'm at the restaurant having to move around my vacations because someone is sick or something happened here and having to ask to get time off, getting called in on my days off. And I was like, why? Why? <laughs> it's like, why am I dealing with this? As I'm driving down, I had a full-blown panic attack in the car. I had to pull over. I seriously felt like I was having a heart attack. My heart was racing. It started pouring in sweat. I couldn't breathe. And I was just like, why am I doing this to myself? It's like, I remember as a 17-year-old, I grew up in the woods. I had a stick in my hand and I was giving a motivational speech to the trees in the backyard. Like that was my vision. Like I saw myself being the next Zig Ziglar. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be talking to people. I want to be making people feel good. Instead, I'm shoveling food down people's throats in a very unhealthy fashion to make money. It's like, yes, I did well. I became a general manager. I got promotions. I got awards. I got to run multiple units and, you know, I wrote my own schedule. You know, I was doing, as I, I believe uh, someone said it, I was making enough to survive. I think Andy said it. And I was happy, happy-ish with what I was doing. But that's the thing. I was happy-ish. I wasn't happy. It's like we have one shot at this whole thing called life. One shot. And I don't want to get to my end with regrets. And there was a, a report out a couple of years ago. So like 80% of people with terminal illnesses, their number one regret is not pursuing the things that they were passionate about. And it just, it just hit me that moment in that car that if I was to die right now, what am I leaving behind for the kids? You're like, what am I leaving behind for the world? It was like right now, this video is going to be here. Decades after we're gone, unless YouTube implodes, right? But so, but so it's like everything that we're saying right here is going to be helping people every single day from this moment forward. And so I wanted to step into that. So for, for me, when it comes to self-love, you got to realize it's bigger than you. It's not just about you. Because when you're firing on all cylinders, other people are going to take notice. Other people are going to benefit from it. Like my kids hear my speeches and I hear them talking with their friends, saying some of the things I say in my speeches. You know, that's leaving something behind that they can follow. They see me pursuing things I want to do. Had a conversation with my oldest daughter the other day. She wants to go to Pennsylvania and do, do a summer camp out there. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about because they see me going out and doing things that I want to do. Like I don't put myself on a back burner and that empowers them to not put themselves on a back burner. And I'll leave with, with this last one. A woman on the show yesterday said the best sentence ever. She said, I require excellence from my inner circle. And so, so that's the other part of it is who is in your circle? Are they supportive of you or are they bringing you down? Because you have to make that assessment on yourself. Because if they're bringing you down, it's time to upgrade your circle. All right. So, Carol, coming back to you. For someone listening, right? And I'm going to I'm gonna boost you up here, too. Right? Solo layout, right? So, uh -oh. all eyes are on you. So, so, there's someone out there listening right now that's struggling with self-love. What's your word to that person to help them take the steps to take care of themselves? Fill your cup first so that you can give to others from your overflow. What do they say when you're on an airplane and it, the oxygen mask come down? Put your own oxygen mask on first 
and then you help somebody out. So when you deplete yourself by overgiving and over delivering and not giving your needs met, then you end up depleted and you cannot support anybody else. And when it becomes uncomfortable, I encourage my clients, just take the next step. I believe that God only gave me a lamplight for my feet because I'm supposed to trust in the process and just take the next step. And one of the things that helped me in this whole conversation that we're talking about was when I learned that other people's opinions and judgments of me were none of my business, right? Yes. There's two kinds of business. There's my business and there's none of my business because their opinions of me are not about me. It's about them. And for me and how I help my clients, that is an absolute life changer. When you can get curious when someone is trying to judge you, because here's the thing, and, and you kind of touched on it, Robert, nothing in this world has meaning, nothing except that which we give it. So if we choose to give other people's opinions and judgments of ourselves a higher meaning than what we give ourselves, we're choosing to do that. So I would encourage people to choose to take care of you so that you can bring your best to the world. And the last thing I would say, you kind of touched on this too as well, is the most expensive real estate in the entire, I asked this question once in a talk and I got, uh, what did I get? Uh, that fifth mile and New York city. And what was the most expensive real estate in the world, right? It's the cemeteries. Yeah. That's where dreams have died. That's where books weren't written. That's where songs weren't written or sung. That's where inventions weren't made because perhaps people thought it was selfish to take time for them and give to others. So I would encourage you that self-love is not selfish. Yes. I would say that it's selfish to not take care of you. Love it. Spot on, spot on. Erica, same question for you. So there's someone out there that's just hating on themselves and how do you, how do you get them off that ledge? Okay. So number one, it is not your job to do everything for everyone else. I believe that our job is to empower others. So that's not all on you. When you empower others, you will feel a sense of relief and pride that you can see that other people can do things in your house. So I talk with a lot of women, right? And so what's one of the biggest things is they hold themselves back because they can't start a business. They can't start a weight loss program. They can't exercise because they are the only ones who can do laundry. They are the only ones who can drive. They are the only ones. So release yourself from that and realize that you can empower others. And once you do that, you're going to have this free time inside of you to say, okay, what do I want to do with my life? What is my legacy going to be? And make that decision that today will be the day. I am going to work toward my legacy. And in my opinion, and what has happened to me is when I made that decision that this is what I'm going to do now, take no for an answer, right? Not take no for an answer. And I'm just going to keep my blinders on and focus on my goal one tiny step at a time. In that process, I changed, I grew confidence and it empowered everyone around me. Just like Robert said, my children, they say things like, it's always a no unless you ask. I see them and how they've grown in confidence and you are going to impact everybody, but it has to start with you and your decision. Yes. Awesome. All right, Scott, you are up. Ooh, wait, I, oh, wait, I clicked the wrong button. There, there we go. I almost kicked you out of the thread. <laughs> hey, you can't win them all, Robert. It happens to be possible. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't take any offense out here. It's lots of me, so don't worry. Um, first off, I want to say, Carol, I absolutely love what you said. I was vibing with that. I wrote it on a post-it note. I was like, let's go. So shout out to that. But one of the things that I would say for anybody who's struggling and hating on themselves right now is this file. Look, happiness begins on the inside. It's echoing what everybody just said. If we're searching on the outside and our circumstances for happiness, you better believe that we're going to not find it. And if we do, it's temporary. Ask people in Hollywood, right? You have everything in the world. you got the cards. you got the money. you got the fame. you got this or that. And they're still miserable many times because they don't feel good about themselves on the inside. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, I could have nothing. I could have nothing in this world. But if I feel good about who I am on the inside, and if I look in the mirror and I like myself, I'm going to be able to see happiness in my day. I'm going to be able to spot joy and find little bits and pieces of good things 
in my day, even if my circumstances are bad, right? Now that is a choice sometimes. Now our circumstances are not a choice. Sometimes there are horrible things that happen to people that they can't control and it's not fair. It's just not fair. However, the one thing that we can control is how we react to our circumstances and how we feel about ourselves on the inside. But that takes some work. Understand that it takes a little bit of work. And that work, a lot of times, what I share with my clients is right behind me on my fridge here. I got post-it notes. Do you know what these post-it notes say? They're for me. It's one thing I like about myself. It's one good thing that I feel like I have to do today. And it's something that I'm grateful for in my life. Little things like this, little positive affirmations, but you know what they do? It plants a seed right up here. It plants a seed of hope. It plants a seed of confidence. And it's a little reminder that says, hey, Scott, maybe things aren't exactly as you want it right now. But here are three reasons why you can still have a little bit of hope, a little bit of joy for today. So I would challenge anybody to, no matter what your circumstances are, dive a little bit deeper, look in your day, and pick out the smallest things you can to have a little bit of joy. Even if it's just watching your favorite TV show at 1130 at night, if that's all you got, then fine, hold on to that for now. Know that it's temporary and know that better things are on the way as well, but it takes some work. Awesome. All right, we are at Andy. Okay, go. Okay. Um, so just be you, the world will adjust. It, it is a simple message, okay? Um, if you're true to yourself and you you find that music inside, you find what it is that you want to be, who you want to be, what you want to do, and live life the way that you want to live it. Everything around you will adjust to that in time. It will happen. You know, that's 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 the way nature finds its balance and the way it works. And and I think you just got to look at where you are in life and go for your little goals and go for the things that you want and what you want to do. You know, you can be, it might be that you, your goal for the last month was to earn enough money to buy a push bike to get you around town. And that's brilliant. And then on your first day out, you're at the lights on the road and the person in the car next to you sort of looks to the side, looks down at you because you're on a bike and you think, Oh God, you know, what, what does he think of me? But don't because there's somebody on the sidewalk who's walking thinking oh my god i'd love to have a bike like that that i could get around in okay it's not about other people's perception it's about you and you've got to start with you so i work with sole traders and small business owners and you know one of the first questions i ask them when, when we do coaching is what's the most important thing in your business and they'll tell me about their clients and they'll tell me about their products and they'll tell me you know all these things and it's none of them it's them because if they're not fit healthy, happy, and doing what they do at their peak all the time. They don't have a business, okay? It's all, it all comes down to them. So if you're uncomfortable with what you're doing, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, if you don't believe in what you're doing, that comes across whenever you speak to other people, yeah? And when you get home, you're frustrated about it. It keeps you unhappy. It keeps you, you know, those thoughts in the back of your mind are always there. And it's tiring. It's really, really tiring. So be honest with yourself. Yeah, that's what I really want to say to you. Just be honest with yourself and figure out who it is you want to be. What do you want your life to be? And it might take some really brave steps to get there, but it's going to make a massive, massive difference. You're going to be happier. You're going to have more energy. You're going to find the people around you change. The way life treats you will change. And so that's it. You know, from me, just be you. Because the world will adjust. Love that. The world will adjust. That's awesome. All right. Kudamak. Man, I can't I can't wait to re-watch this whole thing because what the five of you have said actually is speaking to me on so many different levels. So I'm humbled to be a part of all of this. As far as my piece in it, what I would say is this. Self-preservation is an innately human trait. We are, that's why foods, most foods taste good. That's why sex feels great. Self-preservation, procreation, like, like that's, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. So when we find that to not be as reflexive in action, usually that means if we just sit back and look at it, there's some trauma. There's something that happened that knocked us off of feeling that we are worth preserving us 
if I make sense. So in that regard, what I want you to think about, even if you're in the throes of the worst situation you've ever been in, that just makes you feel like you are not worth prioritizing you, the fact, matter of fact, stop and think about it right now. Just think about what the worst situation is. You might be in it right now, or you may have just recently overcome it, or it may be something that happened a while ago and you're just not over it yet. But stop for a second and think about the worst thing that ever happened to you. As you think about that, what I want you to remember, what I want you to hear me clearly say to you is the fact that you can remember it means that you have already survived it or you're surviving in the midst of it. So own that. That is powerful because literally on average, I looked at this one day because I lost a bunch of friends and associates in uh, 2021. And and some of it's just a function of age. You know, it's just you live long enough, you're going to lose. But it still was starting to hit me in such a, a way that it was it was knocking me off balance. So I was just like, how many people die a day? And the number that I kind of saw from aggregate sources was, was around 175,000 people. So again, think about the worst thing you, you've been through or you're going through. The fact that you can even think and reflect on it at all means you survived it. it means you did better than 175,000 people did just today. Own that. You're so powerful. You're so incredible. You're so warranted to take up space on this planet still that means there's something for you to do if not just today and then i'll take it back to what i said before figure out what that one thing is to do today to make it a better day than yesterday make that a habit and man you're going to be your best on a daily basis nice see the part about going last is like you guys all drop some awesome stuff and then i have to go after all that <laughs> so that was well done. So what I would say right, is I'm talking directly to the people listening, right? Directly to it. And this might, might even touch some of you. It's about owning your power. Okay? As it says right up above us, your true power lies in your story. See, I believe Scott said it earlier. It's not what happens to you. It's how you come back from it. That's what it is. When it comes to self-love, you don't really hate yourself. You hate your circumstance. If you can change your circumstance, you're going to feel better about yourself, right? So, so if someone's dealing with weight problems, you know, like it's not the fact that you hate you. You hate what the, what the scale is telling you, but that can be fixed. You know, if you've been through something, you know, like uh, I believe Erica said she was in a bad accident. And as you all know, I was told I would never run a jump again. You know, that accident, Erica was able to come back from it and how you came back from it. That's the power of the story, right? It's not the fact that I looked down at my knee and my kneecap wasn't where it was supposed to be and it was halfway up my leg. That's not the part. The part was when that doctor looked at me and said, you will never run or jump again. And that, that's when I turned my hat to the back and said, we'll see about that, right? I took it upon myself. You will not define me. You cannot define me. There is not one person on the face of this earth that can define me. And so once you get to the point where you realize you have power, right? So I just could have taken that doctor's diagnosis and ran with it. And then I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing now or have, having the stories that I can tell now. I have a track meet tomorrow from the guy who wasn't supposed to run or jump again. I'm doing the high jump and the long jump where I have to run and jump. <laughs> right? And it's just tomorrow. It's going to be my 160th competition since that diagnosis. And why? Because I made the decision that this will not defeat me. So whatever your circumstance is that has you feeling like you're not worthy or you're not good enough or you can't have what you want to have, I challenge you to drop that mentality. Because you can do it. You weren't put on this earth to be average or to underachieve or to feel less than. You were put on this earth to be amazing. And once you step into that power, own your past, find the lessons from that past, share them, put it out into the world because people need to hear it like only you can say it. All right. Whew. Got deep right there. <laughs> All right. So. Carol, so tell tell everybody what you're all about. What do you do if you if you're selling anything or you have anything to give away, whatever it is. So this is your your chance to just let people know who you are and what you do. I'm a business leadership coach, 
I talk, call myself a leadership coach because I believe personal leadership affects every part of your life. But as I began to listen to my clients four and five years ago, they kept introducing me. You got to meet Carol, my amazing business coach. And I kept saying, but I'm not a business coach, right? And I had to go through my own mindset changes because I did not want to say out loud that many of my clients doubled and tripled their income, but many of them do. Um, I just, I love helping my clients. I do. My name is the queen of reframe. I teach and I train on empowering questions. There were so many times I wanted to talk about that today, but it's not appropriate. Um, and I, I help my clients with that because we can, we can reset in anything. We can actually coach ourselves through difficult challenges with empowering questions. So yes, I have a couple of slots open in my private one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have a new 90 day intensive. I made up a word. I call it my success blitz camp. Well, you get clear on your vision. It's, it's a clarity to cash 90 day boot camp. Um, reach out to me. I don't know, Robert, if you want me to say how to contact me or if you're going to put yeah. it in the link. Uh, Carol at carolboston.com. My social media is the at sign at T-H-E at the Carol Boston. That'll get you to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Love you to come. I've got a group on Facebook, the Year With No Fear group. I'm raising up lion and lioness leaders to have no fear. Love to hear from you. And just for your just for your audience, what I'll do is um, I'll do a ninety seven dollar for ninety minute clarity to cash call, unheard of. Nice. You'll get you'll get totally clear on what's gotten you stuck, but you got to tell me you came from this show, and you'll get effective action steps you can put into place to get immediate results. Awesome, well done, appreciate that. All right, Erica. Well, hello. So my name is Erica Vassal. I go by Erica V and I am known as another queen. I'm the queen of non-pushy sales. I'm actually a transformational sales strategist. I have 30 years of business and sales experience. Look so young, right? <laughs> so what I do is I help entrepreneurs to attract pre-qualified leads and turn them into clients for life. What I found is that people start businesses because they love their product. Maybe it was water, maybe it was, you know, something else, but they're not actually trained in selling. They're actually afraid of the S word. They don't want to bring it up. They don't want to bring up the money. They tend to give things away for free. So I teach my five-step proven system. It's called the blessing method. I teach you how to attract people who are interested in your product pre-qualify them, present effectively, gain referrals, and keep your clients, retain them, and use automation. Everything's very simple. Think of it like a five-step recipe. Everyone can follow a recipe. So for your fans, Robert, I'm going to give away a 15-minute free business chit-chat where I will give you some tips on how you can increase your business and how you can claim that is you're going to fill out my survey. So if you go to my name, Erica Vassal, there is a link there for a business survey. Click on that and it will take you to my calendar. I also have my five tips to non-pushy sales. I'll drop the link later, but it's ericavonline.com and it's slash five tips. So hope to hear from you. <laughs> awesome. All right, Scott, you are up. All right. So hello, everybody. My name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P. I'm a professional inspirational speaker and I'm also a mental health advocate. So I have a lot of different stuff going on. I got my own business here, Scotty P. Inspiration. So you can check it out. You can check out my website at www.scottypinspiration.com. And I offer a variety of different services. I do one on one life coaching. I speak to conferences, schools, groups, um, any type of event, events really at all. And I can tailor my message to exactly what it is that you're looking for. And we can really find something specific for you and for your audience, which I think is cool. In addition to that, I have my own radio show. It's on WWDBAN Beasley Media Group, 860 AM. It's called the Mental, the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev. Would actually love to have some of you as a guest on it. We could do a call-in. Uh, it's based here in Philadelphia, but we do call-in guests all the time. That would be great. And in addition to that, you can just check me out on social media um instagram is a big thing for me i got scotty p underscore inspo you can check me out on that check me out on youtube at scotty p inspiration i also have a podcast as well called the lens of hope podcast another way you can just check me out and you can also see past episodes of my radio show if you search on spotify apple music anything like that the friday mental health power hour with scotty p and ed you can check out what it is that we do so um yeah that's a little bit about me awesome all right, we're going to Andy up next. Okay, thank you very much. So my name is Andy Guile. Um, I'm the odd one out today. I'm based over in the UK. Uh, so, but I'm a professional and personal development 
business coach. Okay, so I help small traders and small business owners um, to, to get going with their business. So we have a saying in the UK, I don't know if you have it in the US, about getting your ducks in a row. Mm. And, and that's what I do. I help you get your ducks in a row. Okay. <laughs> and so it's about figuring out what are the things that you need to do to make your business run smoothly. So I don't want you to be the duck underwater doing this all the time. We want you to be the cool swan on top going smoothly. So okay. it's all about little techniques and little things to help you get time back from your business, to help you get control back of your business. And the biggest way I help you to do that is by understanding more about emotional intelligence and emotional resilience. It's the psychology of business. It's understanding people skills. It's understanding how your brain works. And if someone tells you you've got to set goals and you've got to do this, why? Why do I have to set goals? You know, who, who, who made that rule? Well, I can explain to you why your brain likes that. And I can explain to you what happens in your brain when you do that and the difference it can make. OK, so what I'm trying to do is give you a bit of the science behind some of the things that work in business. Um, we used to have a saying that you learn by your mistakes. Well, to be honest, you don't really need to anymore. There's so many people have been there and done it and written the book and written the podcast and made the films and put the T-shirts out and whatever it is that we can learn things and we can turn business into almost into a science. If you follow set procedures and do things in a certain way, you will find the success you want. All we've got to do is find your way of making that work. And that's what working with me does. It gives you that chance to understand you, who you, you are, what you really want to be doing and to make sure that we get the best for you. If you want to know more, um, just go to askandyguile.newsletter.com. Uh, that's my website. You'll find me all over social media, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere else that you want to go. And basically, I offer everybody a free consultation, half hour, just to find out more about your business, more about you and how I can help. Awesome. All right. And Kudamak. So uh, as you can tell from some of the hardware you see behind me, I'm a career music business um, member. I've, I've done just about everything you can think of in the music business. But somewhere along the line, I pivoted and started a, a parallel track of being involved in fitness and nutrition. I've, I lecture currently on the university level, but uh, what I'm really most proud of right now is my six-week Super U program. Because as we talked about today, we talked about self-worth, we talked about self-care and so and as i've mentioned i'm about building from the inside out sure i can show you a bunch of exercises and things that'll make you look sexy and get your six packs and all that kind of jazz and we can do that too but what i really love is helping people develop a lifestyle something that will stick something that will make you uh capable of being your best daily bybd is my mantra bybd is my brand you can find me at b uh, bybdfitness.com or you can go on facebook bybd fitness find me on instagram it's the easiest way to get me is to just direct message me so on facebook or on instagram at k-u-t-i-m-a-c-k is where you can find me dm me tell me that you saw me here on this show and i'll gladly give you a 15-minute consultation that will at least set you in a spot better give you that one thing better that you can do today that'll actually help you for more than just the next day but help you for the rest of your life and if you want to talk even further from there we can talk about the six week super you you can go to six weeksuperu.com and just just um just leave a note there if you're interested in that as well i'll make sure that you get a discount on it and like i said these six weeks are actually 12 weeks 90 days a whole quarter of the year that i will rock with you side by side on a daily basis and help you actually develop and have every single tool you need to be just your best on a, on every level from stress release, stress management, fat burning, you know, muscle building, losing weight, whatever it may be. Your fitness lifestyle improves dramatically by being involved with Six Week Super You. It's what I love the most about what I'm doing right now. So check it out. Check me out. I got you. <laughs> love it. All right. So we're doing really well on time. Right. So I don't know if you guys, if the panelists saw in the private chat. So we're going to go around. We're going to start with Carol. And I just want you to just talk about your biggest takeaway from, from this panel. My biggest takeaway yes. is that there's no one right way. Yes. Everybody here is successful. Everybody does it a little bit different. Can we learn from others? Absolutely. But my encouragement would be to be you and to trust you 
And one of the ways that you can learn to trust you more is to keep your word to yourself. Because I find that is one of the biggest challenges with my clients and entrepreneurs. They don't keep them word to themselves. They're much better at keeping their word to everybody else, but they don't realize that it erodes self-trust. And then that impacts everything that you do. Do it your way, be you, take the next step and trust in the process. Love it. Erica. So my takeaway is no matter what level you get to, don't stop, right? Keep learning, keep growing because there's always going to be obstacles. Also that it's a good thing for you to be you and don't, like I said, keep the blinders on. Don't compare yourself. Just honor the person you are, honor your word to yourself and honor the commitment that you made to yourself when you made that decision. Nice. Scott. Yeah, I think there were so many positive takeaways from this panel today. I love being a part of it. I think just hearing from everybody and what everybody said, I think the one main takeaway that I would get from this is that, look, you know, before we can do anything in life, we have to first decide and make a decision about what we want and who we want to be. And it starts with that. And then once we figure that out, once we figure out who we want to be, what we want in our lives, everything else will obviously take some work, but it'll start to fall into place. So finding that passion, finding what it is that you really want to do in this life, going for it, you know, taking that first step. And then from there, just allowing things to fall into place and realizing that it's okay to do it differently. There's not a one size fits all way to do this, but rather it's different flavors for each and every person. But understanding that, finding what works for you and taking it from there. Nice. Andy. Um, well, it's been great being part of this. It's been fantastic listening to everyone and seeing, seeing everyone's point of view. So I suppose for me, it's no matter who you are, no matter where you are in the world, there's somebody who can help you. Don't think you have to do it alone because making these big changes and, and making that change, although it's got to come from you and you've got to want to do it, it's hard. So, you know, there's help out there and there's different types of help out there. And so there's always going to be somebody who can help you find the person who can help you find the person you're comfortable with and get out there and let's make those changes. Yes. Goodie. Man, I'll say my biggest takeaway is just how beautiful the commonality and humanity is. We've got six completely different stories here. And yet I find a common thread, a legitimately common thread with each and every one of you. Robert, you're 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 you got that athlete swag, that athletic swag, like you that indomitable spirit. You know, Carol, you've been through trauma and relationship trauma and drama. Erica, you've actually been through like physical trauma. Scott, your motivation and your energy. Andy, and oh Scott, um, I'm a Sixers fan. And Andy, <laughs> Andy, you're, you're British. I'm British too. It doesn't sound like it, but I was born in Glasgow, Scotland, raised in London, came here, lost my accent when I was seven, and the rest is history. So, <laughs> you know, the fact that I can relate that succinctly and directly to each and every one of you, that just warms my spirit, especially in this era where it's just you see so much fracturing. It's just so amazing to just know that as human beings, we've got so much in common and we're so much more better and powerful because of it. Yes, absolutely. And that's where I was going to go with my final thoughts, just with, with so much division out there. We're all the same. Like I've had people on this show from 34 different countries and everybody's journey is the same. They were doing something that they thought they should do or that their parents wanted them to do. They got into it, decided they didn't like it. They really wanted to be doing something else. They had to have that internal battle royal with themselves to make the decision, to get the confidence, to make the leap. And now they're out inspiring other people to do the same. So people from Thailand, from Africa, from Brazil, Argentina, like all over, from India, Australia, the UK, Ireland. I mean, everybody says the same thing, you know? So stop letting the mainstream media tell you that we're all different. Stop letting the politicians tell you that we're all different because we're not. This panel right here is proof. Look at each one of us. We're all different. We're all from different backgrounds. But yet we just had an almost 75-minute conversation on the same topic, and we all brought a unique perspective to it because none of us really tripped over the other person's words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, I have my lived experience. I can share my stories. Carol has hers. Erica has hers. Like, everybody has their own, and that's why – 
I love that that statement above us because that's where your true power lies. Like storytelling is the oldest form of entertainment and communication. It's the oldest form. Like, why do we watch TV? People are telling stories. Why do we go to the movies? People are telling stories. We listen to podcasts to hear people's stories. So what is yours? Right? What is yours? What's that thing that you can tell that can inspire someone else? And what I want you to understand, there is no little story. Okay, I was working with a woman, create, create a, a media pitch. And so I had three people on this call. So one, her first love committed suicide in front of her. The second one, she suffered a stroke at the age of 36. So the third woman, she's like, oh, mine's nothing like any of theirs. And I said, it doesn't, doesn't have to be. I was like, this isn't, this isn't a, I suffered the most contest. <laughs> right? It's like, you're just letting you know what matters to you. So she grew up in an urban environment and... You know, her father had a certain job. That's where, that's where they lived. So her father got a better paying job, and then they moved into a more rural area. And in moving there, she fell in love with nature. And so she's creating a business to where she wants to, to, to have outdoor learning spaces in urban schools. And I said, that is amazing. <laughs> it's like, why are you downplaying that? It's like you went through something. And then you were able to experience something different and you want to give back to, to kids that don't have that kind of experience with nature. So it's like, you know, you can't uproot the school and move it into some place that has nature. So she wants to build nature learning spaces into these urban schools like that. That's an amazing story. So like that's what I want the audience to get from this is that when you find something bigger to attach yourself to, the joy that you feel inside, it just takes over. So like when I help people create their stories and then I sit back and I watch them tell their stories, it's like sometimes I get teary-eyed. You just, because you just watch it all click. It's like the artist looking at his painting. But it's like just watching people go from I can't to I can you know, and then, then from I can to I will teach others how to do it now as well. And again, that goes back to what are you going to leave behind? See, so if you can teach someone to love themselves, that's a hell of a thing to leave behind. But it starts with you loving yourself. So that's my final words. So we're done a little bit early. So again, for all the panelists, thank you guys for coming out. This has been great. I knew when I selected the five of you that this conversation was definitely going to flow. So again, my hats off to you all. This was great. Got a lot, lot of comments. Got a comments over here. See, see, we need something like that here in Philly. See, and by and by, by me just sharing that, I put the bug in her head, and who knows where she might go with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but like sharing your story is so powerful. It's such an underrated thing out there. Such an underrated thing. So, anyway, way, thank you all again. And I'm sure we're going to cross paths in the future. So, because I'm going to be doing all kinds of workshops and focus groups, because I just think this is powerful. We've had people that have been on this entire time tuning in. So, people are finding value in it. And, like I said, and I'm definitely going to hear from you all again. So, you guys have a great day and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time. 